1: Josh Brown, it's the wind up, it's Monday, it's it's the time that all the different things come together to try and prep people for the week and ourselves to be honest. It's Monday, it's a struggle. I'm also Scott for George Josh Brown.
2: Hello, thanks for this. I need this pick-me-up <laughs> every single week, Scott but I need to come in and know what madness you've got up to at the weekend.
1: Oh, my God. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I said to you before we started recording that I might literally just come at you with Halo Infinite thoughts. And I think that some part of this should be you kind of quizzing me on it as well. Or your general sort of thoughts on where Halo Infinite is at. Because the last couple of, uh, weekends have had this thing called flighting, which is probably like really? an industry term that I've barely heard before. I, I'm more familiar with betas and stuff like that. But it was, <laughs> oh, it's the, it's the Halo flight. And if you go and tie your Xbox Insider account to the um, Halo Insider account, you can get on the flight, which is like four hours um, every night. Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the last few days. And oh my God, Josh Brown, the uh, the 180 that I've done on Halo Infinite in regards to this wow. sort of going like, I don't think this is going to come together. I just, I don't know. And I saw, I remember I remember when they did the initial flight thing um, a good few weeks ago and I saw a lot of different people, the likes of Alana Pierce, the likes of Skill Up, um, the likes of Kind of Funny getting on there, Andy Cortez just saying like, it's really, really good. And I was like, yeah. that's cool. I trust you guys, but I want to see it for myself. Um, and it is, it is that damn good. I don't want to, I don't want to get too crazy. I don't want to get too okay. put on a sandwich. Uh, I don't want to get too Craig about it, but I think that this, this might be a return to where we left off after Halo 3. Now, that's that's a long period of time, um, but there's something about this game. And the thing is, because we know that Joseph Staten is back on the dev team, uh, one of yeah. the initial writers, one of the initial sort of people who spearheaded the Halo in the first place, um, it's quite easy to go, well, they got him back, and that's enough of Bungie, so it's a Bungie-feeling Halo again. Um, I don't want to discount the work that 343 have put in, but I feel like now... Looking at where Infinite is, there's almost this weird sort of like we're coming back around on where we left off feeling because you sort of look right. at Halo Four and Five, and um, Five. The thing is, I've had such a Halo weekend. I went back to Halo Five yesterday. <laughs> that game is still terrible. Like it's just that I that what were it. There's a lot of what were they thinking for Halo Five? Yes, um, definitely. But going back to it, the matchmaking is terrible. The card pack stuff is terrible. But the general feel of gameplay is pretty bad. And um, whereas Infinite just kind of nicely updates the pace of things. Like there's lots of different weapon tweaks. There's lots of different. Uh, feel tweaks to the way you're interacting with stuff, and that experimental feel that Halo Three really capitalised on is back in full. Um, right. You know, like anything that you might want to get, like a loadout for, like a grappling hook or um, a repulsor or a, a threat radar or whatever, you've got to go find them in the open in the map itself. And I I love that. It's just a really cool like. Why did no one else think of this style tweak? Where it's like you're gonna have to go and seek out the grappling hook if you want to use it in the map. Um, which taken alongside how fast everything moves and just how meaty all the different connections are and all the different tweaks they've done in regards to how fast the grav hammer hits or something like that. Um, and yeah. it's really, really promising. It's really, really cool. Dude, you've made me incredibly jealous. I didn't get <laughs> on
2: this gimmick over the weekend because I'm scared of What's flying fast, and I couldn't... It get onto it yeah it did sound <laughs> like a bit of a faff um but everything i've seen come out of it like you mentioned not just mm. the stuff that you've been posting on twitter but like you said you know everyone else has been playing it it seems like the whole world has been playing it over the weekend and <laughs> um, even people we work with like james Dows, dan turk and yep. all those great guys have been on it and just absolutely head over heels in love with it like this idea that it's going back to the thing that you love from the bungee games mm. right the 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 flow of gameplay the um, sandbox of opportunity yeah. that is in there like you said with the um with your loadouts kind of being scattered around you know you sent me this morning a video i think it might be an andy cortez it is yeah, a grappling hook mm-hmm. to um, hijack the uh what's it called it's the, a, the, banshee. The, the, he, a banshee he's literally he looks it, yeah, he sorry. looks
1: up to the sky and he has the grappling hook and that's the beauty of it because it's it makes you think in ways that no other first person shooter does and i feel like if we talk about the 343 era with halo that was them in some degrees chasing Call of Duty or chasing more sort yeah. of esports style shooters and kind of at least for me, I know well for a lot of fans as well, forgetting what Halo brought to the table, which is this really cool, like you said, sandbox of potential and lots of physics model stuff as well. It's like, well maybe if I I mean, in this case, in Halo Infinite's case, if you throw a grenade and you get your aim right and you grapple onto it, you can carry that forward. You can, like, blast yourself forward. Or if someone flies past you in a Banshee or in a Warthog, you know, one of the different vehicles, you can grapple onto that, hijack it, pull it out. Maybe you'll put, like, throw a grenade down and blast something across the map that lands on someone else. It's just... That feeling of like, hey, I bet I wonder what I could do with this, and it's like there's a new weapon. I forget its exact name, but it's like a giant harpoon gun, and um, you can just spear any vehicle with that. Uh, And that just feels so good. Like something's coming at you, and you just go no, blap, and you blow them out, and everything (laughs) flies apart, and the two guys go flying out the doors and everything. And it's just that feeling of, like, I have so much more agency in a 3D space with all these different weapons, all these different power-ups, than any other first-person shooter. I know that Battlefield 2042 is getting close to that this year. you know they're showing, like, oh, hey, you can explode a tank and take out a helicopter and stuff like that. But that's from Halo. That's what Halo used to be all about. And I feel like they got so far away from that across the 2010s um, that it's just glorious seeing it come back again.
2: I feel like it's made for those montage clips, man. yeah like people pulling off just like trick ridiculous feats, trick kills, all of that <laughs> stuff inside the actual game. And I am one any good enough to pull most of those things <laughs> off. But I love that you have the tools to to do it. I think it elevates it from, at least for me, I don't know how you feel about this, mm -hmm. but you know, we're old men now. We've been playing Team match (laughs) for a long, long time. We've been playing online multiplayer um, games like this for a long, long time, not only in this franchise, but in other franchises. And I need that something different to elevate your standard maps, your standard Mm -hmm. kind of um, kill-death ratios, all that stuff. And the elements that they've added to this, not only with the stuff that's always been in there, like the mix of, Vehicles and like the larger levels. But mm-hmm. now with like the grappling hook, with re-embracing that kind of physics-based um set and being able to, you know, um explore creative kill avenues with that. <laughs> like that sounds really cool. Like the the joy that a lot of the people had when mm-hmm. they were like playing the game and they were pulling off like these really cool kills that he won't show that he can do like that's what keeps the multiplayer fresh for me yeah man
1: well the thing is you said like oh maybe you don't feel like you're like good enough to pull off these trick kills they'll happen anyway like it's just I was like flying the little ghost thing which is like a little hover car type thing and I was just I was just minding my own business I was just driving around the map and I just sort of like hit like a little divot thing and I sort of span over and some other guy just walked into my frame and I took him out with the side (laughs) of my wing as I went around and I landed again I was like that was the coolest thing I've done in about 10 years to be honest but I didn't mean to do (laughs) That at all, but it is just that sensation of like when all these different physics meshes are all sort of overlapping with each other. There's all these different potential and ways that things can go. Like even just looking at, and it was in old school Halo anyway. But like maybe different boost pads that are around the map, like something that if you stand on it flies you to the other, like to the middle of the map or something. Throwing a grenade onto there and raining down hell to whoever's in the middle, or like in this case in Infinite, now you can pick up those little fusion canisters that you couldn't in the old Halos. So if you pick them up, throw them on the boost pad, launch them into the middle of the map, and take out someone who's like ahead of you or whatever. Things like that that just it makes you like Halo should make you think in a way that no other first person shooter does, and I feel like that's the biggest problem with the three four three stuff was that you started playing it like other shooters. It was like okay, let me zoom in, let me try and tag a headshot, um, you know, like let me aim and fire as fast as possible, rather than chaining up or or thinking in a wider sort of sense and bringing in vehicles and bringing in verticality and all those different like possibilities that are there. So it's been a hell of a time. I played it for um like each night I tried to do as many matches as I could. I was on it quite a lot last night, um, and this was the first weekend. I think, that they were trialing Big Team Battle, um, which the the map that that was on was very Valhalla style, which is the big, you know, uh, diametrically opposed map from Halo 3 where it's two big um, bases like opposite each other, which has always been a Halo staple. Um, Like Blood Gulch was like the initial big deal in Halo 2, I think, when that first debuted. Maybe it was Halo 3. Um, but that was a big old deal and there was like a Frost uh, frost version in Halo 1 and stuff too. So I'm absolutely loving it. I don't know if you have any general questions on Halo Infinite other than, oh my god, will you ever let me say anything? But I will. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. Just, I mean, the I'm enjoying Infinite, it too
2: much because gl- I like it. It's a like you, team. man, we, we've done so many videos this year on Halo mm. Infinite and where we are with it. And I've always been cautiously optimistic. But obviously, mm. we, I feel like we've seen very little um, since it was delayed, especially yes. in the campaign. Still part. nothing in so, the campaign. Well, that's the thing that's going to be fascinating to see mm-hmm. how that um rolls out over the next couple of months. But it seems like they've nailed the multiplayer for all intents and purposes. At least the fundamentals seem to be providing the foundation for a really good multiplayer suite mm. to come. I don't know if we know anything about, you know, the season passes of, the battle passes or anything like that, how they're going to be incorporated in. I don't know if you've got a tease of any of that in yes. the flight, right?
1: Well, so so it's weird because they said, I forget the name of the dude that's their community manager, but um, they did like a live stream thing answering different people's questions. And they said, look, get in the flight, get in the beta, and we're going to give you all some fake credits so you can just experiment with the storefront and see how all that stuff works. So you do get a feel for how that's going to go. Um, and you can buy um, armor sets and um, different gun skins uh, and stuff like that. And you get reward- they get rewarded to you anyway way <laughs> Um, but that seems to be the way they're going and then alongside that you have the Fortnite style battle pass like there's a, a regular tier where you're unlocking stuff there's the premium tier that you can pay for um but they haven't uh, released as far as i know the actual monetary amounts for that it's it's going to be free to play like halo infinite is going to be a free to play thing um, it's going to be included in game pass as well um and the halo infinite the campaign side of things is also on game pass so there's different ways that like i guess they're going to be monetizing it but they do have those systems up and running and they want people to interact with them so yeah. as long as they keep the pricing fair and you know even when i was playing in the beta um, Um, or the flight. I don't even know if a beta is a flight, to be honest. It's it's a beta for me. Um, When I was playing that, um, you know, there were, like, I was unlocking a lot of stuff. I was hitting a lot of different goals, like, just complete five matches, Um, you know, destroy a vehicle with this. Like, there, you know, you, you if you're playing Halo, you're hitting those different marks. Like, you know, it's quite yeah. easy to sort of do that stuff and get XP and get unlocked. So um, I like the way that they're doing it. I feel like doing a free-to-play Halo is, like, the most obvious thing in the world. But I had a moment when I was running around uh, in one of the maps where I was like, this is the most confident Halo has felt since, let's say, Halo 3. Like, I mean, Halo wow. Reach was such... I mean, I love Reach, but, like, Halo Reach was in itself a bit of a reach. Like, it was it was turned around really, really quickly, and yeah. the campaign maps were also the multiplayer maps, and it was just... It felt a bit rushed, and it was a nice, like, addendum for Bungie, but they said 3 was going to be their last one, and then they kind of came back, and ODST was in there too, and I just feel like it was a bit of a rush, and then we had all the weird... Uh, the loadouts, the character classes, and, like, all these different armor lock and everything else, and then that sort of bled into Halo 4, and then all the 343 direction that that went, all the esports stuff, and... I just feel like it's not really been itself for a while. And so, like, I, who knows what the campaign's going to be? I, I imagine, like, a two-hour campaign at this point. I think they'll have <laughs> polished what little they had. Um, I just imagine Joseph statin when he got hired, arriving to the room that's on fire and just kind of doing the It's Fine style meme and just sort of like, okay, what can we bolt together to make a campaign? And we'll, we'll ship the rest of it later. We'll do episodes or something. Um, but there's a freshness to, us, to it. There's a confidence to it. Um, and there's there's that just that core experimental nature. Um, and the map design too, to just go on and on about it, the map design is so good. Like you think about, when was the last time you had a memorable Halo map? Like we're talking... The 2000s, God. you know, like...
2: Yeah, you know, like a, long the last time, time. a long, long time ago. Yeah, I can't and... remember any Halo 4 maps that i played that thing to death.
1: <laughs> well, there you go, right? And it's not like Halo 4 or 5 don't have fine maps or solid enough maps for the time because um, obviously they did change different things. I quite liked how they added the shoulder barge and the, the ground palm were nice ideas for Halo 5. Um, but you talk about memorable maps. I'm already, like, loving playing the stuff that's in Halo Infinite. And obviously, they're going to put their best stuff, their best foot forward. Um, but it just feels filled with promise. And it feels like, like I said, I had this moment where I was like, I haven't felt this good about Halo in over a decade. And also, it just feels good that a first-party console manufacturer has an exclusive first-person shooter that is this damn good. Like, right. you know, it's what we wish Killzone could have been or something like that. <laughs> uh, because it's not like Nintendo have anything like this. And it's not like, no. you know, Sony don't have anything this. tried with Killzone. The nearest thing Nintendo has is Splatoon, I guess. But like, you know, there's it feels good that you can literally like, you know, hold up a a Halo Infinite in theory anyway, um, and just say this is worth playing on Xbox 4. I feel like just as an Xbox fan, or someone who's owned the systems over the years, it's been a long time coming that you've had something like like that.
2: They needed that with this as well, you know, they made Mm. so many mistakes with Halo 5, and they literally could not repeat those again. Like, there was no way that Halo maybe was climbing out of some kind of pit that they would have clawed themselves into had they given us another halo 5 Mm -hmm. i think it was indicative of how much microsoft and phil spencer understood that when they when they delayed it so last minute and they were like look we're going to delay this indefinitely we need to get it right and that they've spent the last year getting it right and even Mm -hmm. if it does come out it's not the full package like a lot of us are probably wanting after so many time so many time so (laughs) many years since halo 5 Mm -hmm. like i feel like as long as What's there is good as long as what's there is promising as well as long as what's there feels like a return to form for Halo, then it'll be embraced, especially like you said, because the multiplayer is free to play now and anyone mm. can jump in, which is just a crazy, crazy um, um, proposition if you're a anyone who owns like a Microsoft machine, that's yeah. awesome to have Halo, <clears throat> the Halo experience for you right there like i obviously you know we talked about before i've got the xbox series x recently yes and the games that i've had for that the games that i bought it for i've kind of underwhelmed in a few mm. few ways 12 minutes obviously was kind of <laughs> impressive but it was certainly a thing and um, sable obviously I bought it mm. for that as well which is a stellar game that's plagued by technical issues yep. and halo is kind of the last big thing of the year almost literally because it's out in december and i think Mm -hmm. dying Light got pushed that was the only game afterwards well i mean they're like a year late on it
1: too like i mean this was like you know this was there's a mini master chief in every xbox series system a little engraving of him in the series s and the series x and then like he's on the box itself when you buy a series console but then they just didn't live up to that so it's like they're arriving one year late oh sorry lads we're a bit late but we do have we do have everything we bought the keg we just we didn't have it last year (laughs) we've got it now
2: well, that's it. I think that's all you need to do as long as they make it clear that the time was well spent, as long as they make it clear why you're a Halo fan, why you've trusted mm. them to spend that time wisely. I think it'll be disaster averted because it would have been much more disastrous if it came out and it was crap and we had Craig haunting <laughs> us for the rest of this generation. Even though I, I love cannot...
1: That I cannot imagine what state this was in last year. I just, yes, I, I they yes. were obviously right to push it, but I don't know how they didn't know what was happening until the last minute. Like the, it's fascinating. There'll be some reveal all Jason Schreier type behind the scenes thing eventually because the rollout of what happened with this game and the fact that Staten came on so near the end of development, um, and then he's now been he's been the face of all the marketing and stuff. He's been the guy yeah. on stage talking about it, um, and they've kind of just gone like, we don't know, but that guy did cool things before, so let's just give it to him. That like he just like, he talked about it. He knows things. Um, speaking of Joseph Stanton, um, he was always the voice of the uh, the grunts, the little tiny dudes and all the you know the high-pitched guys. And uh he was always in the original Halos. In the new one, the, <clears throat> there's something about as I choke on my own face, there's something about in the new Halo, uh, they let you equip different voices, and um, so you have like a little. It's it's really like the um, the ghosts in uh, Bung- in uh, Destiny, where it's sort oh, of like yeah, you can yeah. equip like little dudes that appear in your hand. You can't. I, found, I haven't found a way to like talk to them in in game, um, but you equip them on the loadout screen or you equip them on your customization screen, and they're different voice packs. and um, Joseph Staten has one of them. At I least I swear it's him. Uh, it just it sounds just like the grunts where he's just so let's go, let's do this thing, and it's just like that's full <laughs> on like that. And then um, but you can also equip a dude that is like this proper regal um, sort of like battle commander full on destiny style and um, when you thwack someone with a, with a grav hammer he comes on and he says why don't you you should uh, smear that one on a cracker and it's just like yeah, I, I see what you doing. Yeah, but yeah like it's a bit, <laughs> spread that one on a cracker. Like, yeah, like because I saw uh, I think it was Kotaku said that when people are data mined the, um, the files itself for Halo, there's a lot of really outdated memes or at least yeah. we, maybe at some point we need to coin the term legacy memes because there's some stuff that people are just going to recognize forever. But Halo itself, you know, you think about the identity of Halo, like, but back in the day, you know, big husk of Master Chief takes on a load of dudes, it was very badass, twin, wield, uh, twin uh, wielding weapons and stuff. And I kind of wonder if you're, like, trying to get an attitude across for Halo. Other than just sheer reverence for what came before, what do you try and do? Like, do you try and become the everybody's first person shooter? Because a lot of people are going to try this. Um, you know, and do you have on these little, because that that posh dude saying do the cracker thing, like that's clearly like, that, or that could be like designed to be like a meme or something that could yeah. be clipped out or whatever, and it's just, that stuff's kind of strange, like these weird little emoji spherical orbs that you're carrying around with you with a little like cartoon face on it. um, I think
2: um, judging current trends when it comes to live Mm. service games or when it comes to shooters, it could have been much worse than someone (laughs) saying they're going to spread them like a cracker. Uh, Because, you know, we've seen some absolutely outrageous things in terms of customization, in terms of crossover, in terms of appealing to the kids over the past few years where they could have really gone whole ass with it <laughs> and they need to do never something do obviously like you said to um, update its identity mm. in a way to keep it relevant to keep it fresh to keep it appealing to not only legacy fans like you and me but brand new people who may have never played a halo before because it was a mm. long time since halo 5 and it was even longer since halo was good mm-hmm. so this was going to be the entry point for so many people that obviously knowing that judging off the name they're not calling it halo 6 this is halo mm-hmm. infinite this is the platform and yeah, I feel like, you know, they're going to try to find this kind of like new identity where it's not too daft, but we can have the opportunity for memes to come from it because Halo 3, Halo 2 were very memeable games, even though yes. it's not as you would sort of make a memeable game now.
1: No, but there's, that's, that's the thing. There's a lot of really like quotable stuff. And even I, I was thinking back, because this will age me to a T, but don't it. I forgot... <laughs> I forgot about all the what, what, wort stuff. Do you remember that? The whole thing. No, there was barely. a thing in the Halo Warden 2 where like one of the elites would come at you and they would go, what, what, what. And back in the day, <laughs> that was hilarious. That was like, the, that was the absolute apex of like, oh, have you seen the bit where he says what, what, what? And it just, I was just thinking of that. And I was like, that whole thing. And like when you would punch some of the grunts and they would go, wow. Uh, and it was like a thing and they go, wow. Uh, oh, I do remember oh. that. Oh mate, like I was thinking back on all that, and I was like, "This is proto meme." This, like, if they can remotely get back on that, uh, it'll be a good old time. But yeah, so they do have a, a strand of panda in amongst Halo Infinite, in amongst all the Spartans, in amongst all the the serious experimental combat stuff of your um, whatever whatever voice pack you've equipped, just screaming little quotes and saying little things and um, stupid one off quips and stuff. Um, that works. I think it totally works, but I'm curious what they do with it going forward. I imagine they'll get celebrity voice packs and stuff like that. They'll Snoop Dogg will be in this and then I'll mark that right now. Snoop Dogg will do a voice pack for this in the next few <laughs> years. Because he was in Call of Duty, he did a Call of Duty multiplayer one. So, hey man, it's it's not, not too late to get a Terminator Dark Fate
2: crossover in there, you know? <laughs> they were doing that like a year or two after that film came out. What's four years? What's three years well, after exactly. that film came out? Or it'll Who be uh,
1: Troy Baker starring as that man whose name I don't know from Fortnite, the main man with the blonde hair. <laughs> Agent <laughs> yes. Fortnite? Agent Knight, whatever Agent he's called. Fortnite, yeah. Agent Fortnite, he'll probably pop up.
2: I'll see you all soon.
1: But um, aside from Halo Infinite, because I could go on and on, um, we thought because it's the, the wind-up on a Monday, we'll just sort of focus on stuff that has within it a sense of energy, a sense of, oh my God, it could be. Because uh, there's all sorts of different rumors and stuff doing the rounds at the minute, especially one of the main ones um, being the Konami are bringing back Castlevania, Metal Gear Solid, and Silent Hill as Josh loses himself because we've covered this for years at this That's point. It.
2: I, I'm losing my mind because we had <laughs> almost this where exact title mind? a year, a year or two ago, where it was like, are bringing back <laughs> Castlevania, so like, yeah. and Melmel." Here, here we are again with it being confirmed again. And it's not like I think what we did before was, you know, based on crap. I'm sure this no. is one continuous rumor. But it's just hilarious that it keeps popping up. I have and... a
1: feeling that it was VGC that we went off 2, it 3, may have 20 years ago. Because uh, So this is the thing. The uh, VGC, Video Game Chronicle, uh, did a report on the Konami looking to bring back. They're making a new Castlevania, a new entry in the series. Um, they've hired a Singapore studio called Virtuous to handle remakes of Metal Gear Solid. Um, and the one that they seem to be focusing on that had the most information around it was a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 using Your the cutscenes... Isn't my favourite game I used yes. to be when I replayed the trilogy it's it's very much not anymore I like Metal Gear Solid <laughs> 1 but um, they're apparently remaking Metal Gear 3 uh, Snake Eater using the cutscenes that were rendered for the pachinko machine, which is what everybody said when that first happened, when they saw the, the revamped versions of all those characters and stuff and all those scenes, just saying, why is this not, why is this not been done uh, in a game itself? So apparently that's what they've done. They've hired this Singapore studio called Virtuous. Um, Virtuous are responsible, I looked this up before, for um, the Outer Worlds uh, Switch version when they um, ported ah. that across. And that was hands down one of the worst things that happened in the last few yes. years. So yes. I don't know... Um, um, but I also wouldn't put, put it past Konami to hire a smaller studio because then they get maximum profit and they can do all that thing, which is what yeah. I absolutely think just happened with the e-football pro evolution soccer thing where ah. everyone's face just looks like it's been drawn on a balloon. It just, just <laughs> so it's not good at all. But, um, I wonder what this is going to turn into. The last thing before I um, let you speak is that, um, for Silent Hill, and this is the, this is the balmiest thing. Um, according to Gamatsu, who followed this up, said that, and um, they're bringing Silent Hill back, but, Gamatsu chimed in and said that um, in comparison with VGC's report, which just said, you know, a prominent Japanese studio is helping us, is uh, putting the Silent Hill game together. Gamatsu said that um, studio is Kojima Productions and they mm-hmm. they've literally never been wrong. Like Gamatsu are one of the most on 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 point laser focused um, yeah. Japanese news sites. And uh, I saw recently a, a credit check over on Reddit looking at their previous things that they revealed. And they've never been wrong. Like they've never way over the years either. Gamatsu are a very high profile site. Um, so if they say that Big College is working on, on Silent Hill, then that's what he's doing. I don't know. I don't know. Well,
2: that's, that's that's the exciting thing, because like you said, both uh, Matsu and VGC are incredibly reliable sources. The idea of Kojima doing a Silent Hill game, which is in my mind because I'm now going through Death Stranding again and seeing all <laughs> of the Kojima madness that's in that, like, I just it's one of those things we'll do news about it probably until the day it comes out and I still won't believe it even if it was announced like holding it in your hands. If yeah. I, yeah, I would have it in my hands and I wouldn't put it past Konami to actually come through my door and take it off me and say, you're not allowed to play that anymore. It just seems like such a, a mad kind of like pipe dream idea that mm. could come true. We've had mad pipe dream ideas come true before. We've had Final Fantasy 7 remake getting announced. We've God, had yeah. Shenmue 3 finally being released. We've had mad things Last in Guardians
1: we've had Israel. The Last Guardian.
2: Yes. That was all one year, wasn't it? It was all It was, yeah, that was that, that was, was what the, year.
1: that's what some people refer to as the year of dreams, which you I've see? not I like that. More I like than I want to use it myself. But um we predicted though, because I remember me and you one of the twenty news videos that we did on this, we said that the best way for this to happen would be Sony would be the, the breaker between the two, which apparently is what's yeah. going ahead. You've got Hideo Kojima, obviously very much associated with Sony right now, um, because he signed whatever that exclusivity deal is to do Death Stranding. Um but apparently the deal on the new Silent Hill is that Hideo Kojima and Kojima productions have all the creative whatever they want to do with the project. Um, but Sony are the intermediaries between them and Konami so that it's not this whole Kojima versus Konami thing. Um, and Konami, like we said on our one of one of many old news videos, <laughs> just has to sit back and take the money. Like they just get yes. to go, cool, you guys do all the hard work. We'll take a license fee. And we've negotiated, they must have negotiated whatever that is. Um, and Sony love greasing the wheels of commerce with extra money anyway. Spider-Man yeah. deal in Avengers. So they've probably done something to make them sweet. And then they get to say Sony brought back Silent Hill and, and there you go. So, I think that makes the most sense.
2: Totally. It would be a huge win. Exactly. It feels like a no brainer thing for Konami to do, but maybe because it's such an open goal, they <laughs> won't do it because Konami is bad when it comes to scoring open goals and letting good things happen. <laughs> what I want to point towards is when you mentioned um, the little tidbit about the Metal Gear Solid um, remaster slash remakes being in yes. production, but it's not coming from um, Blue Point or anyone like that. It's coming from new. this new studio. It reminds me what Konami did about 10 years ago, whatever, when they remastered Silent Hill 1. And two. oh no, god yeah hill two and three sorry yeah. silent hill two and three and they did uh, metal gear solid two three and peace walker they remastered those and funnily enough the um remasters for metal gear solid were really good in fact i think it was blue point yes i was gonna say those. that that
1: was blue point yeah. i don't think really they did solid. silent hill though because their whole no. thing with silent hill was to remove the fog which just broke yes. that whole game <laughs>
2: Because the Silent Hill one was just a bit half assed and like you said, they removed the fog, which was, you know, there in the in the originals for technical limitation sure, because you couldn't render the whole town. But mm-hmm. also added so much to the atmosphere. And it's kind of like when they did Arkham City and Arkham Asylum, they kind of changed the colours around It's like, no, this was an integral part. You don't need to upgrade <laughs> everything when a lot of it was a stylistic choice as much as a limitation choice. Mm-hmm. Um so when it comes to that franchise, I just I I, want to hope that they've got Silent Hill's best interests at heart. And I want to hope that they can just enjoy sitting back, taking the money, letting someone else do all the hard work for them. But they've never cared about that franchise at all. (laughs) They've literally not Not cared about it in about 20 years so I honestly don't even trust them to score an open goal, but I do hope that these reports are 100% solid. I and do get some announcements.
1: I assume that it'll just literally be Kojima grabbing his notepad from 2014 and just <laughs> yeah. going like, "So PT is it? Is that all we doing that? <laughs> like, right, fine. This is what I was going to do." Um, because there were two teasers, two two um uh, trailers rather for PT alongside the playable teaser itself. Um, so they were pretty far along. I mean, um, Game Del Toro talked about how far along they were and how promising everything seemed. It was all very vague back in the yeah. day. Um, but it seemed like they. Sketched out exactly what they were going to do. Um, do you think that? Do you think that's what they'll do? Get Guillermo back, get Norman Reedus back, and literally just do what they were going to do.
2: I think they will to an extent. I imagine mm. some of those um, ideas, obviously not the core concept, but I imagine he's used those some of those ideas. For instance, in Death Stranding, obviously yes. brought across Guillermo del Toro, Norman Reedus, probably a bunch of the other he's, celebrities he's planned on using. Conan so O'Brien, get him in there. Conan O'Brien. It'll be interesting to see if they're back in the capacity they were. But I imagine mm. that if they're doing it they've got to bring them back in some form. It might not be the exact concept that he had. I'm sure he's definitely going to grab that notepad of ideas and, <laughs> you know, use them. But I mean, you know, even as creatives who just do, you know, lovely little list videos and podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff like, and um, you, you change as a, as a person, as time goes on, you become interested in new things. So I imagine he's definitely looking if he is doing it at what he wanted to do back then, but with, six, seven years of experience and the full game in between to be like, well, I've had all of these other wacky ideas on top. Let's get Norman Reedus back in a different role and let's get <laughs> Mad Mickelson in, because Mad Mickelson is I the love, best and everything and they still like good mates.
1: I love as well that um, yeah there is that photo of them all doing doing a little cheeky smoke on outside some sort of building in Kojima not even got he's not even got a cigarette. Just sort of trying to look <laughs> cool next to the boys. But I love speaking of Norman Reedus that he has no idea what's going on. Like he was asked about the new yeah. Death Stranding content and he was just like yeah I, I got motion captured, I guess like sure because i guess at this point he did the motion capture work he did the voice lines and then i think like i'm pretty sure sam doesn't speak at all in any of the new content um because the new in the for the director's cut um because he was asked about this stuff and as far as i'm sure he just said that he was gearing up to do more stuff but he's not doing any right. other recording sessions since um, and i'm pretty sure all the new characters in the new story mission just talk at him so i just love how completely disconnected readers is from everything what?
2: funny that right you know going through it and playing nothing but death stranding all weekend (laughs) um, and all week to be honest all my entire life it seems Um, it's funny how you can tell even not in the dlc stuff where they didn't have norman reedus like there are whole big story sections that happen in that game i remember you have to go see the um the chiral artist you know Mm. you take the the last to the lad and then they get married and stuff that whole thing happens some of the worst voice
1: acting in gaming history some of the
2: some of the maddest stuff i still i've played it twice I've done a video on the ending of that game and I forgot yet again that they weren't father and daughter because it still oh. blew me blew my mind when he was like, Oh do you wanna marry us? And I was like, hang <laughs> on, I've got this wrong again. How is this this can't be a me thing? But yeah, the point Good. I was making was Throughout that entire section, which is quite a long section, I don't think Norman Reedus says more than three words. I don't no. think he was involved with the payoff at all. I think it was a thing that Kojima <laughs> had towards the end of development. Was like, right, we should do this. We uh, can't get Norman back. Let's <laughs> just have him stand around. I don't think not he was. React. I
1: don't think he was barely there anyway. I mean, like obviously, yeah. the average completion time for Death Stranding is like 60, 70 hours or something. Obviously, it's a lot more in your case, and and it was it for a lot of people who do a bit of everything. But there's no way that Norman Reedus was signing up to do a script that would pan that length in the way that mm. um, Arthur Clarke did for uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. I think he was called Arthur Clark, but um, no, it's not. Is it's, it. I'm no, getting. No, it's, it's um, Roger Clark. It's Roger Arthur Clark. Morgan. I'm getting That's them it. all mixed up. It's been a while, but um, still, I don't think that the the script for Death Stranding and what was given to Norman readers would line up with that length. Um, hence, why he's just like, yeah, I did something, and now my <laughs> now my body's over here doing stuff. I have no idea. Even Matt McIlson said he had no idea what the game was about. He said that by yeah. the time he got to the end of it, he still had no idea. He was just doing whatever Kojima told him to. Um, anyway, bring that madness back into Salon Hill and hopefully we get something that is uh, that t- turns eyeballs turns eyeballs? Turn heads brings eyeballs
2: and eyeballs. God. Yeah, do, do, of your eyeballs
1: do a bit of everything but yeah, in regards to economy overall it seems like they have you know, mostly sat out the last sort of decade um, I know that right now the, the reboot of Pro Evo the whole eFootball thing is going down hilariously as one of the most broken games since Mass Effect Andromeda but oh. they're trying?
2: That's been, I mean, yeah, yeah, but they're certainly doing things. <laughs> they're doing something. They're putting games out. You can absolutely say that. The eFootball thing gave me life over the weekend watching <laughs> that. And, you know, it sucks. Sucks for the developers who've worked on it. It sucks for the people who are looking forward to mm. this, Um, you know, reinvigoration of the Pez license. Though I'm pretty sure everyone was just annoyed that Pez died in the first place. But, yeah, seeing that roll out, <laughs> seeing the abysmal graphical performance of that game. It just makes you think, what happened? Why is it like this? What's (laughs) going on?
1: well my go-to assumption with that like I said before is that they've just because they're, they're all gun shy about like the gaming industry they're all oh we're into gambling stuff now and they bought all that sport sporting equipment stores and stuff and I was like what are you guys yeah. doing like I get that that makes so much money overseas <laughs> than here but like you're also this big legacy company in gaming so I I guess someone somewhere along the line just said hey by the way if you guys don't do this someone else will like you know if you don't do Castlevania then there was the kickstarter for Bloodstained if you don't do Metal Gear Solid yeah. then Kojima's gonna do Metal Gear inside Death Stranding anyway and if you don't do Silent Hill and the likes of Abandon is going to come along and everyone's going to follow that so look how much money there is to be made and so they've eventually gone like alright fine we'll do another one of each of these things but I'm not paying much money for it and then just sort of like We're gonna, I'm going to try this and try that so they're in a weird spot but I mean I guess we'll just see how it goes either way VGC and Kimatsu are two very re- reputable places so assumedly this stuff is all happening across the next few years and um, I thought we'd end on the hilarity of Bloomberg versus Nintendo because <laughs> um, the Nintendo OLED is out later this week and um, I've got mine hopefully arriving on Friday um, and we'll, next time we do a wind up it'll be post all that stuff dropping all the metro oh, yes. uh, metro dread and the Switch OLED, um, so check the channel out because uh, one of us will be doing some sort of uh, coverage review type thing. Forget what the embargo is; so I'm going to dance around that, but it is coming <laughs> at some point in the future. Um, point being, though, that um, Bloomberg did a report saying that, as far as they, as far as they knew, talking to various developers, there is a Switch Pro that was at one time real that is 4K capable and is way more of a hardware upgrade than the OLED Switch that we're getting. And um, Bloomberg did a whole report on it. Nintendo said they were lying, which is brilliant. <laughs> they just sort of said, "Nah, that's that." No, lying about that bloomberg so um it's just a whole, a whole back and forth nintendo called them out said it wasn't true and um, bloomberg's original report stands so i don't know where they're at on that but what's your general thoughts on the switch oled the fact that it, now that we've got the so there's some previews out there we're starting to see more footage of it we're starting to see more comparisons is any part of you bothered about a new switch that is just a new screen
2: I am a little annoyed, to be honest, Scott. Because you know me, <laughs> I actually um, use my Switch, <laughs> Switch a lot in handheld, and yes. I didn't think I would be annoyed that I didn't have the Switch OLED. Because I'm not even mm. playing anything on the Switch at the moment. But I've been seeing a lot of previews that are coming out for Metroid Dread and the system itself, and I'm thinking that's a bright screen. That's a big screen, doesn't it? I could have a go of that. It's got those really. House,
1: maybe. It's got those really dark pro- proper blacks that you told me about. That I used spend ten hours converting, making your TV work. So you can see the, the proper blacks and all that it's got them on they're everywhere
2: you do you need the good colors in there you need the uh the high resolution display um i think the thing with bloomberg is particularly funny because mm. it's jason schreier right obviously he used to write yeah. for kataku is incredibly reliable like rarely ever gets anything wrong this is the maybe the only time mm-hmm. i've ever seen him report on a thing that didn't turn out exactly as you mm. said, which was obviously the fact that the Switch Pro was going to come out that it turned out to be the OLED. Mm-hmm. And it feels like there's there's no way, there's no way in my head that Jason Schreier then doubles down on that and says actually from our, you know, he the um, sources, yeah, he's the, he the developers that were working on it. He's more anonymous reports. There's, there's, there's no way. There's no reason for him <laughs> to do that unless it's absolutely real stuff so and Nintendo to just be like, Nah, I think you're lying, pal. Uh, yeah, I don't think that is what we we are doing. Actually, uh, <laughs> we planned the OLED switch this. from
1: the beginning, my friend. Yeah, it was it's always like, going to so, be a new screen.
2: Yeah, it's so funny, but it's like an official, obviously massive company like that, mm-hmm. and then someone who you you know is valid is isn't doing this just for clicks; is doing it because <laughs> of reliable information. Mm-hmm. And it's just seen like the dissonance between of the company kind of like burying the head in the stand and be like, nah, the OLED is what you want. Def- <laughs> we never had this in production in trying to like, like... obi one mind trick people.
1: Well, that's the thing. They're so, I mean, I get, I get their response because, you know, they must have had some sort of PR meeting to be like, how the hell do we combat this? Because those yeah. units exist, developers have them, they're making games for them, but now they aren't. But like the whole report on Bloomberg's side was that there are various development teams working on a, on a better switch um, and now there's no actual skew for it at retail to, to deliver on. Um, but I get in from... In, <clears throat> From Nintendo's side, they're like, "Well, the OLED switch is out on Friday, and we have a whole bunch of marketing gear towards that, so we we're just gonna have to deny it and just say that this is yeah. the only switch, and um, smash cut to us in the future saying that the Switch Pro is readily available. I think it'll be it'll be coming in the next." I don't know, year? Two years? Yeah, it it'll not be, be much longer. Um, yeah. If people have been developing on it, um, I think that'll be the case. And it'll be one of those things where it's all oh, Nintendo and everyone's just kind of like, let them get away with it because it's Nintendo. It's another mm-hmm. Mario 3D collection that's only available for three months. It's just what <laughs> they do.
2: It is. like I, I, do, I do get what you mean there as well. Mm. You know, like they've got this machine coming out. Like they can't say, actually, the one that everyone was wanting is out <laughs> at some point. Don't buy this future. one. So Give don't bother with this one. The one you want to like there's no way they can do that. There's no way they no. can just like capitalize their own sales. So they've got to just kind of like deny it and carefully word their response to be like there is nothing to our knowledge in development. Or you know <laughs> there is nothing that we have planned um, at this moment in time uh, that they can like skirt around later on. So yeah, it's just like once the all heads out of the way, once hopefully that does well because it seems like a pretty good bit of tech. Well,
1: Muggins uh, over here is game one because Muggins gets everything uh, and that's Muggins about to needs
2: say. to know. The lad gets everything. The lad's got a switch <laughs> steam a switch deck a steam deck on the way at some point he does keep year. forgetting
1: about that but he does have um, one coming it's uh yeah. yeah that's gonna be later this year give me give me more copies of hades just give me more <laughs> things that i already own but um but yes for now though this has been the windup a whole collection of different talking points and news and things to get you ready for the week hopefully you all enjoy the oled switch and hopefully it delivers on every front and hopefully metroid dread is pretty damn stellar but like i say for now it's been the windup i've been scott hillford joined by josh brown
2: um is it gonna be better than hot wheels though <laughs> That's the question. I'm not
1: going to lie for the the final point in this podcast. Hot Wheels Unleashed is one of the games of the year.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices
2: Bye. Bye. (laughs)